My name is Chris Cooper, and one of the trends that I see happening more and more in the gym industry is this polarization between good gyms and weaker gyms. It used to be that most of us just kind of hung out somewhere around the middle. Everybody was between break-even and netting $50,000 a year, let's say. But more and more, what we're seeing is the good gyms netting closer to a million a year for the owner. That's right. And the other gyms going out of business. There's a polarization effect between the gyms that are great and strong and the gyms that are weak and gone. What makes that difference? This has been the topic of conversation, of study, of travel for me for the last year, as I see the trend becoming more and more apparent. And so as a lover of the CrossFit movement and the micro gym and the entrepreneurship opportunity that we all have, this has been a really important topic for me to be thinking about all the time. And what I believe it really comes down to is action. That a lot of people have a ton of ideas. In fact, I've done 1,100 calls now with gym owners for spending at least a half an hour to an hour on the phone with them trying to help them. Every single one has had a great idea. Every single one has known, here's something that I need to do. In fact, I can think of maybe two times when the person on the phone said, I have no idea what to do. Most of the time, people have ideas. The problem is they have too many ideas and that paralyzes them into not taking action. Or maybe they just aren't sure which one to do first. This was certainly me. If you don't know my story, this is basically it. I opened my first gym in 05. I opened my CrossFit gym in 07. I got into a lot of trouble. By 2010, I was very close to bankruptcy, got a mentor, started recording all the lessons that I learned on don'tbuyads.com. That blog is still up because about 150 people a day still go there to read about those early lessons. But what I needed was the traction that only an outside perspective could give. I got my first mentor named Dennis. Dennis said, you need to do this one simple thing right now. It wasn't marketing. It wasn't something that directly showed an ROI. It didn't increase my profit. In fact, the first check that I wrote to Dennis probably should have bounced. Um, but it took up my entire weekend and I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't told me to. What Dennis told me to do is to break down the roles and tasks in my business. This sounds boring, I'm sure, because I've said it 30 times on this podcast and 50 times in my books and 100 times on my blog. But most people who have heard that message don't do it. And that is the point of this entire episode. Not to tell you to break down your roles and tasks in your gym, but to spur you to taking action that will actually make a difference. I'm very proud to say that Two Brain Gyms, all 310 of them now, seem to be on that right side of the polarization equation. They're pulling away from the other gyms in their area very, very quickly. They are headed toward wealth. We're talking about creating higher level groups for those who are opening their second and third businesses or getting close to retirement. These are the people who are approaching a million dollars a year net. On the other end of the spectrum are the people we're trying to help. But in the middle are mostly people who are stuck on maybe. This is a concept that we're going to be talking a lot about today, but you've already heard it if you listen to our podcast about sales. Most of your clients coming into the gym are stuck on maybe. They know what they should do, probably. They just can't make a decision because they're trying to think of what is the best thing to do instead of what can I do right now. You've heard the expression that perfect is the enemy of good. And so we're going to start today's talk with beginner's mind, which is basically the mindset that everything we do in business, in the gym, in life is practice for what's to come later. 
This has been a very helpful mindset for me to adopt when I was turning my business around, when I was growing Catalyst and then Ignite and then Spark and then Two Brain Business to the level that it is today. The lessons that I learned in that gym at 4 a.m. while I was mopping the floor apply today to Two Brain, an international corporation with hundreds of clients, a ton of revenue, and incredible success. Those lessons come from mopping that floor. But the lessons wouldn't have stuck if I didn't have a beginner's mindset. So let me just walk you through what this looks like. With beginner's mind, you approach every situation as if for the first time. So if I'm walking into my gym today and I've been coaching fitness for 22 years and somebody says, Chris, I'm going to teach you how to deadlift. I don't think about competing as a deadlifter, which I did you know, a decade ago. I don't think about pulling a 520 deadlift um, while in a federal penitentiary where I was volunteering to do a powerlifting meet with inmates. I don't think about pulling a judge deadlift at you know the APF Wolverine Open. What I think about is this person has something to teach me. So I'm going to approach the deadlift as I would as a beginner. That also gives me permission to fail, which gives me permission to try. A lot of us get fixated and we start thinking about what's the perfect thing that I can do here. Or we start worrying about failure. Maybe we're worried that if we make the wrong move, we're going to lose our business. Or maybe, and this might be worse, if we make the wrong move, all of our competitors will see it and jump on it or laugh at us because we pay too much attention to what our, the other people in our business are doing and we think that they're paying attention to us. They're not. The beginner's mindset allows you to try stuff and fail. If I have a superpower, it's the ability to fail at stuff really, really, really fast. It's also the ability to track that failure so that it only happens once. With the beginner's mindset, I give myself permission to screw up at anything once, but not twice. So as I'm trying these new things, and we're going to be walking you through how to set up a, an annual plan, a monthly plan, a daily plan, prioritize tasks, set up your day, um, and get stuff done on this episode, I want you to know that some of the stuff that you're going to try is not going to work. We have a new Facebook marketing course, and the number one thing you can learn to be better at marketing on Facebook is to have this mindset. The first ads that you go, you're going to put out are not going to work very well, but Facebook makes it very easy to track the difference between ads. So you can make these subtle little tweaks and say, uh, okay, this one did improve. So now you move up incrementally. Uh, this picture performed better than that picture. So I'm going to run the next ad using this picture again, but now I'm going to try changing the headline. I'm going to fix my landing page, etc. This beginner's mindset is really what's carried me to this level of success because I'm not afraid to try stuff. The other perspective that I want you to have is which decisions are worth worrying about. So for example... If the question is, should I sell Kill Cliff or should I sell something else? The answer is yes. It really doesn't matter which one you choose. You're going to make 30, 40 cents a can. I don't even know. Maybe it's a dollar a can. But the energy that you're spending on debating, the time that you're taking to even ask other people what their choice is, is time that you could be spending doing more important things. And you probably know that. The reason that you don't is because the more important things require a lot more thought. And it's a lot easier to jump on Facebook and poll some other people about 
this decision that you're trying to make. Hey, should I get a floor scrubber? Absolutely, you should. Which model? It almost doesn't even matter. What matters is that you make a decision, and what's going to get you to make a decision is having this beginner's mind. Let's talk for a quick moment about getting you off, maybe. Early on in my career, we're talking 1997 maybe, I was in Illinois and I just met my boss for the first time. So of course we were drinking Miller Lite in my little rented kitchen apartment. And he said right away, his name is Tommy Knuth. He said, Chris, it's better to make a decision, any decision and be wrong than it is to make no decision. I thought that was really, really curious, but he was right. It's better to make a decision and be wrong because I can correct that problem faster than I would if I was procrastinating and making no decision. He gave me the example of putting salt shakers out on tables for this banquet that we were setting up. He had a staff person uh, who would put all the salt shakers out. They would come around and move them. They'd put the pepper shakers out, come around and rearrange them. You know, set up the, the place settings around the salt and pepper shakers, move the salt and pepper shakers again. Four times in the course of an hour, they moved the salt and pepper shakers because they couldn't make a decision about where they went. What Tommy told me was, just put them on the table. If people don't like them, they'll move them. And so with that, we were able to get a lot further within that hour. That's a tiny example that extrapolates out to everything in your business. You put the workout on the board. If somebody doesn't like the way it's written or doesn't understand it, you'll fix it next time. But don't spend an hour debating how you should write or explain an AMRAP to people. Likewise, Facebook marketing. Likewise, co-branding. Likewise, selling corporate groups. Should you do it? The answer is yes. Which method is best? Start with one. It doesn't matter if it's the right one because you're going to adjust as you go along. You are smart. You have ways to track data and you'll fix it. That is the concept, my friends, of beginner's mind, also getting off maybe, and also viewing everything as practice. Now we're going to start talking about planning your year. So if you were at the Two Brain Summit a couple of weeks ago, I gave you something called the 2017 CEO book, and it's basically a daily planner, but there are some really important things put in there. Um, number one, it's a checklist. Number two, it should start at 4 a.m., Everybody reminded me that I get up at four and start working and in the day-to-day -day section, I'm going to walk through that. But for most of us, we're opening our gyms by five. So pay no attention to the seven o'clock timeline on this, on this planner. If you don't have the, the Two Brain 2017 CEO planner, we'll see you at next year's summit. You can get one there. The first thing we need to do here is structure our year. I want you to approach all the work that you do by priority. So the first thing you're going to do is we're going to use this worn out analogy of rocks in the glass. So think about what's important in your life. Imagine your life as a clear water glass. The first thing you're going to do is put the important parts of your life in that glass. And these are the big rocks. So you put the big rocks in the glass. You can only fit probably three or four things. Then I want you to put less important, but still slightly important things in the glass. And so these are going to be represented by pebbles. So I want you to fill in all the spaces between the big rocks with pebbles. Third, I want you to put things that are less important, but still, you know, important to get space in the glass, time in your life. This might be golfing. So this is represented by sand. So now we're going to pour sand in the glass. It's going to fill in all the tiny cracks between pebbles. But the glass is still not full. 
because we can still pour water in the glass without making it overflow and the water will just trickle down between all the tiny, tiny air pockets in the sand. So using that analogy, I want you to put your three rocks in the glass, maybe four. What are they? They're your business, definitely. They're your family, definitely. And maybe one other thing that's really important to you. And that's usually represented by a service goal, which we walk through with all two-brain clients. How will you serve outside your gym this year? So you put those in. The next thing you're going to do is take out your annual calendar and you're going to say, what are the important events to each rock and put them on your calendar now? So of course you should put your wedding anniversary in there. Of course you should put your wife's birthday and your kid's birthday and your summer travel plans on there. But then you want to look at the big events that you're going to be running this year at your gym. So we've got the Catalyst Games in September. That's a big rock. I'm going to put that in the calendar right now. We've got the Open. Uh, the Intramural Open, obviously, as most of you know, is a massive event at Catalyst. So I'm going to put that in my calendar next. Then I'm going to look at my service goals. My service goal is to help kids enjoy sport. So I'm going to look at when does hockey season starts? What night will the practices be? These are the big rocks in my glass that do not get moved. That means the smaller pebbles do not displace the big rocks. The sand does not displace the rocks. The rocks come first. So I'm going to put all of these in my calendar. And if you need to hit pause here, go ahead and do that. If you're in the Two Brain Incubator or you're in the growth stage, just as a reminder, you can go to the events page and you'll get all the ideas of all the events, promotions, um, strategies that we use through the year and put them in your calendar now. So for example, if you're going to play the bingo game next summer, you want to put that in for June 2018, for example. If you're going to run the Intramural Open, you want to go put that in for February 2018 now. Go ahead and pause the podcast and do that. Put your rocks in. I actually paused recording there because I thought of a big rock that I had to put in my planner and I had to take a drink of coffee. So now we're back to how to schedule your month. The next step here is to fill the glass with your pebbles. Okay, So these are important things that support the big rocks in the glass. For example, your staff evaluations. If your staff evaluations aren't good, your business will suffer. We need that pebble to support the big rock. So we're going to fill the glass now with pebbles like staff evaluations. We're also going to be putting things like priorities, purchases, monthly goals. And if you're in the Two Brain Growth Program, you'll already know what I'm talking about here. Because in the growth program, on your, on your call, your mentor will say, here are your three goals for this month, the three actions that you need to take. And here's how you're going to be held accountable. So you put these in for the month. Most of us are doing this about one month at a time because as priorities shift, so do these pebbles. So as an example, here are my pebbles for the month. I've got staff evaluations, which I mentioned. I've got summer league coming up, which has to be set up. And I've got a new roof on one of my buildings. Next month's pebbles are get the Two Brain Workshop, our first physical bricks and mortar location, open and operational. It is uh, move the Ignite program into my brand new building, and it is get the brand new building set up for a brand new tenant, which is a physiotherapist. Those are my pebbles for July. Most of you who are um, owner-operators of your gym will put specialty programs in here, and you'll also put your goals. So if I give you the goal of selling 16 personal training packages, that's one of your pebbles for the next month. If I give you the goal of launching the ID program, that is one of your pebbles for the next month. Now we're going to plan your day. 
So this is the sand that fills in the cracks between the pebbles. These are the necessary tasks that support the completion of the pebbles, the, the, you know, the jobs that support the rocks. So if your rock is your business, and one of the things that supports your business is growing your personal training program, now we get down to the task level and say, how will we grow this personal training program? Jeff Burlingame and I will do a webinar on this later in the month. But for now, let's say that I give you a couple of tasks. Start doing goal reviews, start offering one-on-one at intake, and launch the ID program. So our mentoring clients know exactly what's involved with those things. So we make a checklist and say, okay, well, first we need a landing page for the ID program. Then we need pricing. And we identify you know, all the dominoes that have to fall to get us to the successful launch of an ID program. Those go into your daily planner. I'm going to talk about how to split up your day to actually get these things done. Because this is the stage where knowledge can paralyze. This is the stage where a lot of gym owners and business owners get to and then they stop. It's funny because the goal setting stuff is easy. The pie in the sky stuff is easy. It's easy to identify, yeah, I need more personal training revenue. I'm only doing a thousand bucks a month. Um, it's easy to identify like, yeah, geez, it'd be great to have a nutrition program, but it's the actual implementation of these tiny tasks that gets people stuck. Why is that? Because work expands to fill the time that we give it. So for example, if you have an average of six hours off per day, and by off, I mean you're not doing anything between classes. You are showing up, you're coaching for three hours, you've got a two-hour break, you're coaching for an hour, you've got a three-hour break, you're coaching for five hours. That tells me there you've got four or five hours for free. Um, what are you doing in that time? Yeah, you've got a workout, sure. Do you need to have a two-hour workout? No, not if you're an entrepreneur. You don't have time for that. Uh, yeah, you need to get a coffee and you need to get lunch. Okay, do you need to leave the gym every day to go do those things? So you see where your time bleeds out. And you know the one that I'm guilty of and a lot of others are too is time on social media. Social media is set up to grab and keep your attention for long periods. So you can scroll on Instagram for 30 minutes without even thinking about it. You can go on Twitter Without even clicking on any links, you can just read Twitter feeds for an hour. It happens. It's not your fault that you do that. You shouldn't feel guilty for it, but let's just avoid it. The way that we're going to avoid it is to set up your day, and we're going to have two big prioritization blocks. The first block is for learning and creating, thinking. So this is where you take more knowledge in. Now, I said at the beginning of this podcast that this is not the problem most of us have. Knowledge is not the problem most of us have. I'm saying that twice because it's important. Most of us will not benefit from taking another online course, from reading another book, from listening to another audio book. What most of us need at this stage is action. Now, if you're completely out of ideas, I do not know how to get more clients in this gym. I do not know how to motivate my staff. Or if you're killing it, and you need to move up to the next level, by all means, focus a lot of time and energy on acquiring knowledge. That necessity will never go away. But for most listeners to this podcast, what I've learned over the last five years of mentoring is that you need to take a break from acquiring knowledge and actually take action on it. Let me give you an example. For Christmas, I got Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Fantastic book. The thing is a tome. Like Seriously, it's a booster seat. 
I read about the first 230 pages and then I thought, I haven't taken a single action on what I've learned here. Put the book down, haven't opened it up since. And it's not because the book was bad. The book is fantastic. It's engaging. It kept me wanting to read more, which is what it's supposed to do. But what it didn't do is lead me to action. So the two parts of your day that are important are number one, acquiring knowledge. We want to set aside a 60 to 120 minute block for this every single day. What can you do while you're acquiring knowledge? You can do what I would call a level one task. So you can sit still, watch a video, you can drive your car, you can listen to an audiobook while you're doing that, or you could do very, very, very low skill exercise. I'm talking about like jogging, not even in uh, high intensity intervals, not even short sprints. If you're doing exercise while you're acquiring knowledge, it has to require zero thought to technique. So any kind of barbell work, no, it's not great for listening and learning. Now, I own Ignite Gym. I would love to introduce every single kid with a learning challenge to the barbell, and I do. But the reality for entrepreneurs and for most kids, in fact, is that low-grade aerobic work aids in learning. Repetitive work that you're doing with your hands, thinking body, dancing mind, engages your body and makes your brain more permeable. This is why you probably have your best ideas while you're taking a shower or you're driving your car or you're mowing your lawn or in my case, you're piling wood or shoveling dirt because your body is engaged but doesn't require conscious thought to maintain that engagement, leaving your mind free to listen, to remember, to make connections and to think intelligently. When I've got a big problem or my business is about to take a huge level up, Two Brain is about to launch a $20,000 service called Authority Ladder. What I need to do is not sit still and think in a quiet room. What I need to do is go mow the lawn because that frees my brain more than doing nothing. So in this one to two hours of creative time that you're setting aside every day for learning, you can sit still and learn. You can work on creative tasks if you want to. Like you can write as I do because I think while I write. You can... um, focus on reading a book. Absolutely. You can focus on fixing, you know, maybe uh, very easy things like, you, you know, your rowers need to tune up or oiling your barbells would be a better example. Uh, if you've got treadmills like I do, you know, uh, changing the belt on the treadmill, something you've done a thousand times and doesn't require a lot of conscious thought. That's how you learn. At the other end of the spectrum, I want you to set aside 90 minutes to two hours for action. Action means you're not multitasking. Action means you are single tasking. You are going through your checklist. I'll tell you how to prioritize your checklist next. Going through your checklist and doing the job at the top until it is completely done. You are shipping. That means, at least in my case, zero distraction. It means I'm not playing music. It means notifications are turned off. It means my office door is locked. I am on shutdown and ship mode. This has to happen 90 seconds to two hours every day. Does it sound selfish almost to lock myself in my office for this much time and do this much work? It kind of does feel selfish because I do enjoy it. But for me, this happens at 4 a.m. My kids aren't awake yet. My gym isn't open yet. The office isn't lit up. I'm here drinking coffee and shipping publishing, producing. You all know that twobrainbusiness.com publishes every day. There's a blog article up there. 
There's a podcast episode. There's videos from the mentors. We're doing our best to help you grow your gym the right way, in a way that you want to do it. That takes a lot of work, but it doesn't only take a lot of thought. It takes a lot of commitment to publishing every single day. So that's usually what I'm doing with my time. For me, this focused publication time happens best at 4 a.m. Working at 4 a.m., I wrote two books within 70 days. That was Help First and Two Brain Business 2.0. Both books are over 300 pages long. That is a ton of production. But I wasn't scrambling around the internet trying to find things to write about during that time. I was just writing. As much as you see published in this book, in the books, there's more than double that that was thrown away because I was consistently focused on producing. Whether I kept what I produced later is irrelevant. I produced a lot of stuff that I knew would never be used. In fact, this podcast episode is currently being recorded for the second time because yesterday's publication time was used to produce it, and I didn't like it. So I did it again today. That's fine. You learn to produce and you practice shipping. It's really important to do that. Whether or not the stuff that you produce has any value at all is secondary to the act of producing itself. So in that 90 minutes to two hours, I don't want you to get paralyzed. I want you to go off maybe, maybe I should do this, to yes, produce it. Maybe you'll use it, maybe you won't. Okay, so let's prioritize the tasks that need to get done during that action time when you're producing stuff. Because it's really easy to, to work in Canva.com for an hour and a half, for example, to try to produce the perfect Instagram ad, which is going to have very, very little ROI on your business. So here's the way I want you to get started in this production time and actually complete things. First of all, I don't want you to use my calendar. Everyone knows that I get up at 4 a.m. and start producing. Everyone knows, or a lot of people know, that after doing Noon Group CrossFit, with my gym, with my friends, is usually my creative time between one o'clock and two o'clock where I'm thinking and learning because my brain's permeable. But that's probably not going to work for you. If you don't like getting up at 4 a.m. or you don't feel sharp, don't get up at 4 a.m. By all means, sleep. What I want you to do is stop and think here, maybe even hit pause on this podcast and say, when do I feel most creative? Is it right after a workout or is it when I wake up? When do I feel like I get the most shit done? Is it 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 3 o'clock in the morning? If you don't know the answer, all you have to do is start paying attention. So this week, try getting up at 5 a.m. Try getting up at 4. Try writing stuff then. Are you successful? Are you paralyzed? Do you just want to go back to sleep? Instead, try reading something, learning something, taking a course, watching a video that's going to help you. Did that help or did you just want to go back to sleep? Do you feel better and more productive at 3 p.m.? Do you feel better and more productive at night? I don't understand how people are productive at night, but frankly, a lot of people in the Two Brain family produce their best stuff between 10 and midnight. That's awesome. I'm asleep during that time, but I'll see it at 4 a.m. Absolutely. So here's how you get going when it's time to produce. Number one, when you finish today, finish in the middle of a thought, okay? Leave a task almost done, like 95% done. This is a technique I learned from Ernest Hemingway, who would finish writing for the day in the middle of a sentence so that the next day 
he got started by completing the sentence. A very, very easy task. When I'm starting my production time in the morning, I'll start by saving some emails from the day before. So, you know, it's 6 p.m. and I've just received a very thoughtful email that I'm going to have to think about too before I respond. I'm going to save that overnight. If you're one of these people who send me very long emails and expect a very fast response, don't because I'm thinking about it. So first thing in the morning, a lot of the times to kick my day off, I'll actually respond to this email. What that does is it gets my hands moving and gets my brain moving so then I can move into um, writing. So if I respond to your email, I will take that email, take my response, cut it, and paste that into 750words.com. 750 words, which I've mentioned many times on this uh, podcast before, is just basically a scoreboard for writing. One great habit is called morning pages, which is writing out longhand um, three pages or about 750 words every day to keep your brain agile and to keep you rolling. When I'm writing two books in 70 days, it's because I am writing two books in 70 days. I am at peak fitness for writing and I am acting on that fitness. Writing, creating, shooting video, editing video, these are habits that you can practice. And if I've been out of it for a while, if I haven't been producing my 750 words, uh, it's very hard for me to get started. So what I'll start with is either a thought that was unfinished from yesterday or an email that I think is really, really good that I've been kind of saving overnight. What I'm doing here is giving myself a very easy, gradual warm-up. Um, the emails that I respond to, they do require a lot of thought, but I usually know the answer. I'm not paralyzed by them. So I'll take some easy task that will be very easy for me to complete and do that first to get myself rolling. So the first task in your production time, your publication time, should be the easiest task. One that you know that you can complete, one that you know that you'll probably be successful at. You don't aim for the most important one because that's paralyzing. What you do at first is shoot low. If you've given yourself two hours, this first task should take you maybe five or six minutes. It should be really easy to complete. And then you're moving. You've got some momentum now. You've got some traction. You can start working on the bigger things. So when you're prioritizing the tasks to do during your action time, again, you're not choosing the most important task first. You're choosing the easiest task first so you can get some some rolling. The second thing that you're going to do Uh, as you complete these things, is keep a checklist. Most of us keep a checklist on a whiteboard or on our Mac notebook. And the problem is that as we complete things, we delete them. We'll wipe them off the whiteboard. We'll delete them from the notebook. This is great. It has a reinforcing effect in our brain that we are accomplishing something. But at the end of the day, it's hard to look back and say, well, here's what I accomplished if you're left with a blank sheet. Paradoxically, the more you do toward completing your checklist, the more it appears you've done nothing at the end of the day. So what I want you to do is actually keep two lists, a to-do list and a done list. So when you cross something off one list, instead copy and paste it onto the done list because it's very, very important at the end of the day that you can look at the done list and say, wow, look at everything that I've accomplished today. Now, in this 2017 CEO book, there's a space called Bright Spots. And that's where you're going to put the two things that you did that day of which you're most proud or of which you think were the toughest. Man, these were some big pebbles to get done. Or these are going to have the biggest effect on my business. It is so important 
to take pride in the work that you've done, that we do it every single week at Two Brain. We have this practice called Bright Spots Friday. And while it's really reinforcing for me to read like 80 to 100 bright spots that gym owners are having every week, um, it's even more important for me to think about the bright spots that I've done this week. Let's take a moment here. And if there are other people in the room with you, send them out because I want to talk to just you, the entrepreneur. I know you. I'm one of you. I get up at 4 a.m. and I work until 8 or 9 at night. I get about 80 emails a day and 30 text messages. It does not stop. The important thing here is that when times are dark or things get really tough, that I'm able to look at my bright spots to say, here's what I've accomplished. It doesn't mean looking at my bank account and saying there's a quarter million dollars in there, or here's the car I just bought, here's the jet I'm about to buy, you know, here's the cottage that I got on the week, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is here are the little wins that I have had today. It is so important every week as an entrepreneur for you to look back at these wins because it's never going to get easy. I'm going to tell you that right now. And over the next 30 years, you are going to need grit and endurance more than you need speed at startup. It's really sexy to think about the hustle, the grind. But 10 years in, it loses a lot of its appeal, trust me. You need to reflect on what's going right. Okay, let your friends back in the room now. So you're recording your bright spots at the end of every day by tracking your done list, not just your to-do list. Then... I want you to share these with somebody else. Look what I did, mom. That's what our kids are taught in kindergarten. They're taught to show their work to their parents and the teacher puts a gold star on it or whatever and your kid comes home, look at this, dad, and you put it up on the fridge. That's a bright spot. My kids have something called a jar of awesome because I want them to constantly be reflecting on what they're doing right. It's not bragging. It's just self-acknowledgement. Think about... For your clients, where in their life are they being told, you just did a great job on that? How often is someone saying to them, you are more than good enough for this job, or you are great at this, or I could learn something from you? Probably the only place they're hearing that in your life, in their life, is in your gym. Where are you hearing it? If you're a mentoring client, you're probably hearing it from me when it's deserved, but it's more important that you can look inward and tell yourself when you're doing something right too. This is a, a very important habit to develop as an entrepreneur because a lot of people give up right at the wrong moment. I had a conversation this week with an entrepreneur who has come so, so far. He's almost to the point of break even in his gym. There are a couple of things that I'm really confident if he did, he would get past that point and become profitable. Unfortunately, he's been at this for a couple of years and he is just ground down. He's very close to break even, but he sees himself as still very far away because $1,000 when you're broke seems like a lot of money. A lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs stop just before that breakthrough. I almost did. If you've been to our summit, you saw that picture of the park bench where I sat and thought, I'm going to go get a job at a call center. What I didn't know was that one meeting one weekend of work was the pivot point. And I didn't even recognize the pivot point at the time, but I knew enough to say, here is something that I've done. I actually learned this process 
of celebrating bright spots and learning to count the things that I've done when I was a teenager. And I would get in uh, like a truck and go around and split wood. So we lived on this island with about 2,500 people. Uh, a lot of people had wood stoves. And so you'd get these hay crews in the summer and wood splitting crews in the spring. And so what you would do is you'd go to somebody's, you know, sugar bush or, you know, forest, whatever, and you'd see this pile of logs and somebody would buck up the logs into these big blocks. And then you and the younger guys, usually me, would load them onto a wood splitter and start splitting them. Now, we were too young to be, you know, splitting cords and cords of maple with an axe, but you'd have this wood splitter. It was repetitive work. I got a lot of thinking done, but it took a ton of time. What I learned from one of the older guys was that you never look at the pile of stuff that you have left to do without first looking at the pile of what you have done. So let's say that you've got one block split and you've got 300 blocks to go. It's really important to say, well, I've got 300 blocks to go, but would I want to start over? No, because I've already got one block split. And then you split the second block and you say, okay, I've got 299 left, but would I want to start over? No, I'm 10 minutes into this. So you never think about how the rest of the day is stretching out. You always think about what have I already done right? And that's the point of bright spots. Action, my friends, is triggered by previous action. You need to gain momentum. Most of the time, success is created in our incubator program because the accountability of having a mentor is what spurs people to action. My friend Colm O'Reilly from Ireland said, I've read all your books. I listened to all your podcasts. I've read 1,100 blog posts. Everything you've done, I've absorbed. But not until he got a mentor did he start taking action on it every day. And bam, business turnaround, explosive growth. Colm, I'm proud of you, man. In the UpCoach program, we often tell coaches that motivation comes from success. You don't magically become motivated and then become successful. Instead, you have a little bit of success and that motivates you to pursue more success. So when you are taking action, not only is it important to have a clear set of directions, to know the next step, to have a clear checklist to do this week and accountability to follow it up, it's equally important to be recognizing your own success. I spent a lot of time on this point and this is really the end of the podcast because a lot of A lot of us, a lot of entrepreneurs quit too soon. We don't look at the long game. We get terrified of taking action. We get stuck on maybe because we're only focused on what if I screw this up? How is this going to affect me tomorrow? Instead of this is a 30-year process, I'm practicing for the next 10 years. My name is Chris Cooper. I own TwoBrainBusiness.com. And if you'd like help getting some action, Go to twobrainbusiness.com forward slash help. You'll see some free videos. Um, You can book a free call with one of our mentors if you're interested in signing up for the incubator. If you already know what the incubator is and you want to go to twobrainbusiness.com forward slash incubator, I encourage you to do that. Start taking action. Let the knowledge that you already have pay off. Have a great week.